This is Lee Ridley. Uh, I was lucky enough to achieve two promotions with Scunford United, but nothing compares to the joy I experience when listening to the Aryan Hour podcast. Just a heads up, this podcast contains strong language. You know the good stuff. If this isn't for you, turn off now. For the rest of you, now fucking enjoy the podcast. Right, Iron fans, welcome to another edition of the Iron Hour podcast. We're doing a remote one this week. Um, I'm out of the country, so we, we're trying to organise this one. There's a bit of an emergency one, really. I'm joined by two of my usual panel. I've got Max and Marco. How are you doing, guys? Max well, first. <laughs> Thank you. Marco, yeah, how are you doing? On time. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. No, no, Gareth today. Um, just because of the nature of us arranging this at the last minute, we're without him, but he'll definitely be back for next week. So, a big thank you to our sponsors, as usual, the Black Door. Obviously, we're not using the facility as you can see today. So, right, we need to kick off then with the big news, the massive news at the club this week. The takeover has been completed by the local consortium, headed by local businesswoman Michelle Harness. Max, straight off the bat, what's your initial thoughts to that? Yeah, I, I think um, our joint hero of the week might not uh, take much getting, uh, guessing rather, but we'll, we'll come to that later, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it, it's just a, it's just a big relief, I think. Um, obviously, uh, we've got ourselves into a situation whereby um, players and, and staff haven't been paid all of the, the, the fundraising work from supporters. Obviously, you know, we combined worked a bit like the Justice League or the Avengers. Um, with with Iron Brew and with and with other with other supporters on on that, um, <clears throat> so actually when you got into a situation where you went, wow, we've we've you know we've worked together to raise over sixty five thousand pounds, and then we've been taken over, you know it's it's been a, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Yeah, before I come to you, Marco, I think I just want to place on record a big thank you to the Iron Brew, the Iron Brew podcast, the Iron Brew forum for their collaboration over the past kind of like seven days. Um, you know, it, as as we've kind of like alluded to just there, Max, we, we, we came together, didn't we? And and full props to them, really, because they've been absolutely fantastic in all this, haven't they? Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it probably stressed the difficulty of the situation that we were in, you know, I think in in a way I, I, I think of the sort of the old style scumful fans in terms of the five links together, you know, if yes. one piece of if one piece of the five villages of Scumful falls out, then the whole the, the whole fistles. Um so the fact that we were all able to come together in a, a sort of a real moment of need, um I, it was it was testament to the the efforts of, of, of all of the Scumful fans and everyone who's donated ex-players, current players, um, local business people, you know, children with their pocket money. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure as a player and Barry, you'll be getting emotional later on as well. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely, it's a, Max. It's been yeah. a whirlwind. I, I think for me, it, it's not, for me, it's like, it's, it's, it's 100% about the people who've donated. Like some of those donations have just been genuinely got, I got pretty emotional genuinely reading some of the comments and hearing some of the stories and and on Saturday obviously we did the the collection in person myself Gareth and and Becky um, and Mike one of our two of our listeners should I say and hearing people so the concern for the club at that point you know this is six days ago from recording this so a very different dynamic a very different vibe um listening to people's concerns listening to people talk about staff not getting paid it was I'll, I'll be honest I I was 
pretty, been pretty down for points of this week. But good news now, Marco. The takeover has been completed. Mm. What, what was your kind of thoughts on it? The, the local consortium and, and not, not just Michelle, but, you know, we talk about the other business mm. people and the other local people in, you know, Rog, uh, Simon, George, and of course, Mr. Ian Sharp. Yeah, I mean, um, like you said, I, I, just a, just a quick one. You did miss Tom out with when you're thanking Iron Brew. Uh, Tom yes. actually brought all to the table, played a massive part. Uh, we couldn't have done it without Tom as well. So big props. Well said. Uh, regarding well said. the uh, the fundraising of the takeover this week, I mean, the last podcast we did, we mentioned um, the whispers are going to Gainsborough. Um, if 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 that's what it was going to come to, and then the next day was it maybe that evening or the next day. Our worst yeah. nightmare came true, and uh, when we saw that statement, I think I think every single football fan. Well, I am saying football fan because there's so many people on our side. We were just at rock bottom. Um, I didn't see a way out. Uh, like Max said, once you leave a stadium, it's very hard to get back there. Um, we were looking at all. We would rock bottom's an understatement. It, it, I know it said a lot, but we were just so down and out. Um, and then to go from that to this euphoria of five local people all with Scunthorpe's best interests at heart um, they aren't Saudi billionaires we know that's not going to be the case where we're going to go on a buying rampage new stadium it's not going to happen but we're going to be sustainable which is huge and we're going to be in a lot better position than we were um, the fundraiser like you said it was it was genuine I mean I think my girlfriend I think she's fed up of me mentioning it because every time it was a donation I was like oh my god I said look at all these people Non Grimsby fans, and I mean, I know, I know it's fun to give them some ammo, and I know they love giving us ammo. But the donations that they give, and I mean, the two chairmen, some really high-profile people. Um, I mean, I've never got a call from my grand on a Saturday night saying I didn't know Kevin Clifton was a Scunthorpe fan just because of purely straight we come dancing and <laughs> what people it hit and uh, what we've achieved. I say we, because but. When I say we, we've done nothing. We just bought it to the table and hoped people would run away with it, and it really has. And I'm just glad we've been in and around the club uh, today uh, and obviously on match day. And to know that we're paying those staff, um, who have worked, some have worked two months for free, is such a good feeling. And every single Scunthorpe fan and non-Scunthorpe fan around, I'm saying the world, because we had Calvo Garcia this morning, everybody should be so proud of what we've achieved and... This week is, I feel like everybody's got what they deserved and what we've deserved for a long time. Yeah. No, no, I think some some of the things you say there are quite, quite poignant, really. And and well done for mentioning Tom, you know, his involvement, as you say, in, in bringing us to the table. And and kind of on that, um, one thing to mention when, when this podcast goes out, maybe Friday night, maybe Saturday morning, um, obviously we've got the, the Unity Walk from Almorad Tiles in just across from Berkeley Circle up to the, the ground tomorrow, meeting at half one. Uh, Walk starts at 2pm prompt, so that's match day, um, just for the Brackley game. And, you know, I think, again, Tom's involvement in that has it, it, been fantastic. And I think for us, that, that walk probably is, is more of a, a celebration, really, now. It's more of a, just, a, yeah, celebration of, of what's happened this week, of, of a hope, you know, hope for the future, Max. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think unity's been the, been the watchword. Um, we certainly know in a situation whereby we can add a little bit of relief. Um, but the talk on um, on Scunthorpe Twitter has been that we're in for a bumper crowd at home to, to Brackley on Saturday. Um, obviously, at time of recording, we know um, from 
the likes of Simon Elliott's sort of interview with BBC Radio Humberside, there's lots of hard work going on um, behind the scenes to see whether or not a, a move to Gainesville will be still necessary or if we can still play at Gainesville Park for you know a particular period of time. So it may or may not be, um, you know, it still has the potential to be the last game at Gainesville Park for a while. Mm. And I think, you know, there will be... Um, there will be a fair bit of emotion involved in, in that. And I know, um, you know, I've sort of, I've sat down and stood up for some games, sort of flitted between the two, but um, made a particular point of, going, uh, I, I want to be on the Donny Road end. If this is the last time, um, yeah, I think there'll be a, a, a few lump in the throats, potentially. I'm, I'm gutted to be missing it, to be honest, as I say, not in the country. So I won't be there tomorrow, today, whenever this goes out. So it is a bit of a shame. I, I suppose... I'm going to quote one of our previous owners who said, you know, we need to lower our expectations. I think that, although was maybe said, yeah, I see, I see Marco. For anybody who um, was listening to that on Spotify, I think it would be safe to say that um, Marco, our resident Italian stallion, um, gave a very Italian gesticulation at his, um, at his camera. In yeah, response I, I, to... mm, he did. I think the message is now, though, I think... <laughs> That's probably never been more true. You know, we, it's they've got an uphill battle. This new ownership, um, they're not as 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 Marco says, they're not absolutely minted. It's going to be tough, isn't it, Marco? It's going to be tough. Oh, 100 percent. Um, and when you said don't lower expectations, since then we 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 had this picture in our head. We were a top end League One team. Yeah. Now expectations are a lot lower. It's we want our own ground. And we want yes. to play in it. Do you know? What I mean? we, we are very easily pleased, and it's the bare minimum. But that is our fairy tale at the minute. Um, yeah. If results on the pitch align with what's happening off the pitch, Scunthorpe, as, as much as we joke and we laugh at this level, in the next level, Scunthorpe are a massive club, and it can really the two go hand in hand. Obviously, results put bums on seats, and the main thing is getting Gladford Park full, supporting the new regime. Um, helping them get money because that's what it's all about and that's what we've wanted for so long. No, no, well well said. I think, you know, that I think a lot of the language from from the official channels coming out of the club is probably likely to be around fans understanding that there's going to be a lot of effort to work through um, so, some of the kind of issues, some of the, the day-to-day concerns that, that the new ownership will have. Do you, do you think that's fair, fair, Max, for fans kind of need that patience going forward? Uh, yeah, I do, but I think part of the reason why I absolutely despise that statement from Peter Swan at the time when he told us to lower our expectations is that I actually think, you know, Scrum fans are not stupid. Like, you know, when that statement was put out, we weren't in the top of the league one. We were right grubbing down in the bottom of the league two, playing some genuinely dreadful football. Um, you know, when we're, as Marco says, we're now in a situation whereby people are already backing the, the, the new ownership. Um, and we're already in a situation where we're pleased that, look, we don't want to move the games for but if we have to, then now we've got greater confidence that, that the lights will be kept on, that we're in the hands of, of good local people who you know, have got really strong links to the community and to the club. I mean, you know, Michelle, Michelle Harmon's worked for the club for 15 years. Um, and, you know, Simon Elliott still goes as a fan, like, you know, same with Rod, he, he put the scoreboard in. Like, there's, you know, there's so many of those tangible links there 
that you know it might be a case of us taking one step back to take two steps forward. Simon Elliott mentioned to the BBC in his interview when he was saying, look, you know, we're going to have to try and do something about the debts that are on the books. Um, but that, for me, shows that, that the fans' commitment and patience is there. It, it speaks to the fundraising. Um, you know, it speaks to the, the, the club statement that, that the club put out announcing the takeover, you know, when they said that... Um, they thought they're taking no money for the club, which was, you know, I, I, I was very pleased to see. Because then when you've got the combination of that, the trying to reduce the debt and to the fundraising, you know, 65 grand's a lot of money. You know, it's two months' wages for some staff, you know, a little bit of money that you wouldn't have to spend otherwise and you can focus in other areas. So, I, you know, I, I'm confident that the Scunnall fans will help and support and have a bit of patience the whole way through. I suppose as well, two names you didn't mention there, which probably deserve a bit of a shout out too. Because you mentioned the names from the local consortium, but you know, props have to go really to just two people I'm going to pick out, but James Moody and Lee Turnbull, who quite honestly have kept things rolling, haven't they? You know, really kept the show on the road. Um, under... Un- under unknown, un- unknown, fairly difficult circumstances, I think, you know, all three of us, including Gareth as well, the fourth one, just want to place on record, really, a thanks to them. Is that fair, Marco? Yeah, I mean, we've seen firsthand, sort of behind the scenes, obviously when Hilton's came in, he came in, I can't remember the statement perfect, but he said we were running at a League One, League Two level, staff-wise. Yeah, and that was probably right. Do, do you know, and, and some of the kind of reductions that Hilton's made have, have probably been right, hasn't it? You yeah, know, you have, to, you have to, to, yeah. 100%, but that's led to people taking on a lot more workload. Yeah. Um, I mean, Moody being sort of a shining star, I mean, I don't envy him at one bit. I, I think he's probably doing four people's job. Um, and obviously, Lee is a pillar of a club. He's been there years. Um, he gets what it's about. He knows the club's history. He knows the club's inside out. There's no... There's, the, the thing is, with the consortium, and like you say, with people like Moody and the club involved and Turnbull overseeing things, I, th- I just feel like we're in such good hands now and it's people who care about the club. Mm, no, it's fair. I think another person we probably need to give a bit of credit to this week is um, you know, he's had a, a quite a serious operation in, in Jimmy Dean and he's obviously been able to keep the show on the road. I think at the moment, does Gunthorpe sit in fourth place? Is that right? So for us to be that high up, you know, he, He's done a fantastic job, hasn't he, Max? Yeah, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You know, look, in, in terms of the on-field form, we've had a bit of a sticky month, six weeks. But, you know, if given the amount of uncertainty there has been and that some wages haven't been paid and the number of injuries we've had, I'm not surprised. Um, so, you know, I, I just hope that Jimmy takes the time to look after himself. Um, you know, obviously he's had... No, and a not unimportant um, operation, the, the mental stress of that, and you know trying to look after the players and protect them. Like you know, that's that's a lot for anybody to do in any normal job, let alone in a job when you then have, you know, potentially on Saturday, you know, five thousand people come and sort of channel their their hopes and their mm-hmm. desires and their their pride in their community through you and eleven lads on the pitch. So. Um, yeah, it, it, Jimmy, Jimmy deserves an absolutely huge amount of credit. And I, I just hope that um, in the coming months, his, um, his job gets easier. And Jimmy Jr., 
as well. You know, his his, his donation to, to the GoFundMe put a smile on my face. Uh, fantastic that. What a what a what a gesture from the little guy, Marco. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the whole fundraiser just threw up so many. I mean, surprise! Like I said, mentioned earlier, the Grimsby fan surprises in that sense. Um, but like I said, when you've got actual children, I mean, fair play. And I know he said he wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, he saved up his money. He, yeah. he, but let's not forget, there's, there's kids who just get five pounds. And I know, fantastic, and, isn't it? That, that that's their money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and they're giving everything they've now, got. But, yeah, but this takeover is for them. It's for yeah. them that chance of supporting Scum Fox, have that chance of going to your first away game, having your first awful burger at a game, away game, because obviously ours are great. <laughs> but no, but that's what it's all about, is giving them that opportunity to support their local club. And it just shows that them giving, it's one, two, three, four, but it doesn't matter. The fact that they're trying to help and getting on board, it, that fundraiser, it's uh, it's given me a lot more hope for the world. Um, but yeah, oh. You're getting all starry-eyed there. Well, there's still some absolute bastards, but <laughs> that, that fundraiser was uh, really great to see. Right, I think we'll move on then, actually talk about some of the football, which has probably eluded us, really, for the last couple of episodes. We've, we've not really been able to concentrate on the football as much as we'd like to, but I suppose we have to start, you know, with the Buxton game on Saturday. And, of course, we went down 3-0, which... Was was obviously disappointing, but if you look at the first forty five minutes in isolation, I think I think we played quite well, created a lot of chances. Could have been two or three up at half time, Max. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Buxton are a good side. I suspect they'll be in the playoffs this season. Um, you know, obviously we did the post in the first half in particular, add a little bit more of the ball, but you know, when you've got a side, particularly when they're coming to Van Park, they get a bank of four and a bank of five behind the ball, and in both of their games against. You could see the boxing were really well drilled, really well organised, um, and they don't make cheap, silly mistakes. And I, you know, I look at the second goal in particular, and unfortunately, you know, that was the one that killed the game. It was completely self-inflicted from a defensive point of view. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, you know, it, it was one of them things. I, I think if we're being honest, given the circumstances around the first game and then the replay. Might have been fair cop, um, but we're now in a situation whereby we're, in a way, going to have sort of a similar game. You know, we've already played Bradford twice in the last month. We know what they're about. We saw how they ended the FA Cup replay against us very strongly. You know, right at the end of the second half and into injury time. So, yeah, that's what that's what I want to see. And I, I don't know if it's one of your stats later, but I know we've we've had iron stats before say that our last 11 games when there's been a crowd of more than 5,000 we haven't won any this is the time we break that curse tomorrow or today depending on when you're listening yeah I mean you're jumping ahead there let's concentrate on the question (laughs) Uh, I thought their right back I think it was Minahan Sam Minahan who who actually got that second goal you were just talking about there I thought he had a fantastic game Um, I thought his goal was well deserved it's not often we talk about opposing team players but I thought he just had that our left wing, as it were, you know, Cam Wilson and and the, and the fullback overlap, and I thought he just had him in the pocket. Really, thought he had a really good game. So that was my takeaway because I was actually in um, the family stand, and I'm usually behind the goal in the Donny Road end. So kind of got a bit of a different perspective on the game. And yeah, I thought for me, their right back was was pretty decent. 
Marco then, so obviously we go down 3-0. What what did what did you make of the performance? Did you think it was kind of a bit unlucky the result? Did you think well, what did you think? I feel like there's gonna be a couple more of them this season where not where we don't get the rub of a gleam, uh, rub of a gleam, rub of a green, but just those chances in the first half are absolutely vital. And mm. for a team that are coming up wanting to go up this year, them chances we're gonna to have to take. Uh, when you said about Minihan, like you said, I've not seen many players at all this season so far that I'd say, like, oh, I quite like him um, in our side. But he was one of them. He, he did stand out. He did a really good job on Cam Wilson. Um, like I said, like Max said, with what's been going off, if you go to if you went to work and weren't getting paid, you aren't going to be at the same level as you were if you were getting paid. Let's be honest. I think for Jimmy Dean, you just you just need to say it. That's gone. Let's forget about that. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't even show him a game after. I would just say that has not happened. Let's look forward. Uh, it's a tough. I don't. I won't say it's a fluke result because there's some some teams in this division aren't bad. Like we've seen, Buxton seem to have our number. Um, it's, you get what we were about. Both games, like Max said, over the two legs. You'd say they deserved it. We've shot Alzuri. Be honestly, I won't say it was quality. It was knowing the game, being well drilled taking the chances. And at that level, that's massive. And we're going to have to sort of sharpen up with our, not gamesmanship, but just making better decisions. Mm, that makes sense. Well, there's there one thing that put a, a massive smile on my face on Saturday in amongst all the gloom. you have any ideas what, what that might have been, Max? I mean, it won't have been seeing me. So what was it? No. no well, it was seeing somebody on the bench on our bench, listed as a substitute, the last substitute on the yeah. list. Oh, Andy Butler, yes, of course. What I... a moment that was. He, I saw him when he comes down the line to warm up and you think, oh, he might get on here, you know. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and, and, and actually, there was there was another one. He played, so um, Buxton's first in coach was Paul Groves. Yes, he played, was, yeah. he, he played with Andy Butler for us in the 03-04 season. And... You just have a moment where you think, God, after 20 years, like, has this actually happened? Yeah, it was a really that. nice moment. Um, I'd, I'd like to I, say the, the years have probably been kinder to Butler. <laughs> <laughs> than me and you? Yeah, no, I think even said Groves even. But, uh, yeah, it was a moment, and hearing the Donny Road end singing, you know, that old Andy Butler chant was, he, he put a smile <laughs> on my face, I'm not going to lie. But uh, yeah, so looking ahead to the Bratley game then, obviously we've played them twice already this season, both in the FA Cup, uh, both fixed in the FA Cup, 0-0 at our place and of course that, that 3-1 defeat away. Max, we were we were both at the, the away game. Um, how do you feel going into to, to the game on Saturday? Do you think that those two fixtures kind of come into it? Um, well, Marco was shaking. Um, I, I, I think... I think they have to in, in some way because, you know, behind the scenes, the, the club would have analysed them. They'll have looked at the patterns of play. Right? When Brackley have got their, you know, the ball at their feet, what what are the situations they're trying to create? Where are they looking for overloads? When we've got the ball, right, you know, what's the combination of zonal and man marking? Where's the bank for four? Where's the bank for five? Um, I would say, again, again particularly in the, um, in, in the away game, you know, when that was drawn, Brackley were top. Um, 
And I thought they moved the ball quite well, actually. They didn't really go long. They weren't a big direct physical side in the same way that Buxton were. So I think it does possess a, a different challenge. Um, my my frustration from the, the Bradley away game would be that with you know five minutes to go, it was still one nil us, and Fitzsimmons played so well. I actually thought we were going to hold on. Um, so I, I'm sure there'll be lots of talk about making sure that we. Um, you know, don't make it difficult for ourselves, don't make too mistakes, mm-hmm. keep going right, right till the end. If we do get in front again, how can we try and manage the game a little bit better? How can we be better in possession? Um, but look, we, we've got midfielders missing and everybody knows that's had an impact. So uh, I'll be interested to see in um, what the 18, uh, 16 rather, what the, what the squad is for, um, for the game tomorrow. And Marco, in, in those two games that we just talked about there, I think, Brackley have played the ball quite well. They've played the ball between the lines quite well and, and got at us as well with pace as well. What, what What's your kind of vibe going into the game? I think we're going to see a whole a whole new side tomorrow. I feel like with the atmosphere going to be what it is, with the whole mood change, I just think we're going to take it to them. I feel like we're going to get a Darlington-esque performance. Uh, yeah, I feel like we really are going to... I'm not going to go mad because I said we'd beat Buxton, but I genuinely do think we'll beat them by two or three. Okay. Who who do you see getting on the score sheet then? Your usual suspects? Yeah, Tom Pugh Hattrick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a, With Danny Whitehall. I was just surprised he didn't go for McCarville. <laughs> okay. Well, I think Elliot, obviously, before these last couple of weeks, which, again, I just want to forget about, um, he was just hitting his stride. It'd be nice to see him get another goal again. Um but let's be honest, we're not fussy, are we? As long as it gets in that net. No. Uh, for me, I can't see anything other than um, Butler coming off the bench for the last 10 minutes and getting the winner. I think it's just written <laughs> in the stars. That I think a last-minute last minute header. Um, get him standing on that wall like Danny Elliott did against Scarborough, and that'll do me. That, that's me. Although, I, I would say, so obviously, um, Will Evans is back from suspension. For, for I don't know what game. you're talking so about, buddy. I'm not as... I'm not as sure that um, Butler's going to be on the fence this time, I'm afraid. I don't know what you're talking about, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we've talked about the football then. I think we'll move on to our, our next section, which is the Iron Stats of the Week provided by Iron Stats. Um, I've actually got them on, obviously we're doing this remotely, I've got them on my screen here. So, the first one is um, Hilton's tenureship. So, it's the third shortest tenure of any owner-chairman going back to 1950. Um, 31 games, won nine, drawn seven, lost 15, scored 38 goals and, and 46 complete conceded. Jimmy Dean's record is play 29, won eight, drawn six, lost 15, scored 34 goals and conceded 45. And of course, we've talked about him at length already, so I asked for some stats on Andy Butler. Career stats, 719 appearances with 53 goals and iron his appearances was one seven four with fifteen goals coming from the iron, and that stat is so incredible for me because I know, as a matter of fact, he bagged ten in that promotion season from from League Two. You know what would it have been? Oh four oh five. Yeah, I, I can honestly, I can still see in my in my mind's eye the back end of August in that year when we beat, and I I, I still detest playing Lincoln. Um, we beat them three two at home. We've been two nil up. They pegged this back. And then right at the end, Andy Butler, call it ever. You know, we never beat Lincoln. We never scored it from set pieces against them. And yeah, it's uh, it's good to still have him around the club and bear us an option if we need. 
course, it is end on kind of like the longest time between first and last appearances for the Iron. So this is a good start from Iron Stars. It currently stands that the highest, the, the biggest gap between the two is Jack Brownsword and Paul Musswhite with 18 years between first and last appearance. <laughs> Andy Butler's record currently stands at 17 years between first and last appearance. If he was to play this season, that would increase to 20 years. So he would actually take the lead in that one. So here's hoping he gets uh, on the pitch at some point. And Butler's last goal for the Iron was March 2008. Does anyone remember? I'm, I think Max might get this. I, I think oh. I'd have got this. It was in March 2008, his last goal for the Iron. Mm, he didn't score loads that season. I'm he didn't. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to say Stoke. No, it was uh, a two-one defeat away at Wolves in the Championship. Uh, he, he definitely, I, re- I can remember him scoring against Stoke. Um, yeah, uh, simpler days, simpler days, simpler days. So that's the Iron Stats of the week brought to us by Iron Stats. A big thank you to him as always, Marco. If I can go to you now for the FPL section. Oh right, sir. This week was very tough, and somebody was very annoyed as he forgot to change his team. And my team looked like a hospital ward. Uh, can we just <laughs> mention, I've, I've forgotten the gentleman's name who came up to me with anger, I should say, on Saturday before the game because you didn't read his name out for most points in the game week. His Ooh, name So he he was joint top with whoever you whoever's name you read out. Right, and he okay. said he was, he was waiting with bated breath for you to read his name out and it never came. Well, and honestly, talking, Marco... I thought he was going to hit me. Well, I'll, do I'll do it again then, if you get whacked. <laughs> right, so, FPL, it was a tough week. I've got to my team, so it's been distressing. Uh, but, number one, Oliver Uri has... Again? Kept, he's kept his position. Uh, he's oh, getting a little bit of a gap now. I think it's like 10 points. Um, so, he's stayed top. Um, I, I, I won't throw under a bus because he's still last, but obviously, John very late is Taylor Boothby. Uh, my special mention of the week is John Paul Johnson. Get in uh, there. His team name is the Van Venus 24. He got 106 points. Nice. Uh, he had Ollie Watkins captain, obviously scored a house. Uh, he topped the league for points this week. Now, this bit I don't want to spend too much time on, but this is the podcast positions. So we've got Gareth. In 165th place. Uh, bear in mind, there's only about 183. So this, that's <laughs> really Then we have Max in 91st place. Then we have me in 121st place. Then, I don't want to say this, we've got Barrett in 84th, topping the podcast league. I'm sorry. Uh, he's, yeah, he's Barra's only three points ahead of me, so it's it's, it's tight. It's tight. It is tight. It was still plenty of time left. I've made some wholesale changes. Stop uh, the count. Some, <laughs> some, <laughs> some, <laughs> some harsh words were said in the uh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. eleven team room. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, with some boot throwing, but yeah, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was not good. But yeah, FPL next week. <clears throat> Um, we've got one more week before the international break, so we're going to try to sort something out regarding a prize for the week after. We say uh, that every week. We so, say that every week. The last one after the first week after international, so we can do it again. Okay. Uh, and that's it for fantasy football. Uh, the less we speak about that, the better. I think more. No. If anything, more. 
We'll do a quick. We'll, we'll become the uh, FPL podcast. Yes. Can we? Can we move straight on to the quiz, Marco? Yeah. So obviously, Gareth's exclusion has changed it. So, uh, Max, not Max, Gareth, you being the host. There was one card the host. Yeah, Barrett. There was one card for each of you. So now one needs to go. So you okay. can pick which one needs to go. The middle one, please. Middle's going. Oh. Oh, bring it back. Bring it back. Oh, no, it's okay. Right. So, Barry, you go first. I'll have the left, please. My that one? left. Oh, no, nope, the other one. one on the left. That one? <laughs> yeah. So, this week's quiz, I was thinking, because it's been a good week, I thought I'd bring back the good times. So I've picked Ooh. three former players from our previous good times. Okay. Uh, so, there was three players. The one you got rid of was Gary Hooper. Oof. Yeah. So... <laughs> The player you got it. Gary Hooper's just half a barnet. He was very relevant at the minute, so I thought, let's bring him in. But Barry's just killed him. So, the player that killed him. You've got Ramon Nunes. Which was the twist of the three. And a little fun fact about Ramon Nunes when he sang, Alan Nil spoke to him very slowly. In pidgin English, thinking he couldn't speak a word of English, yeah. <laughs> only for Nunes to reply with an American accent because he'd been brought up. In- <laughs> that's that's the most Alan Mill story ever. Uh, right. So your first question. This is the toughest question. I have anything on the card. What team did Ramon Nunes score his most career goals at? Yeah, not obviously. I've not got a clue. This is the toughest uh, one. Couldn't, couldn't even name a club. I will give you a clue. Those. It's the team he started at. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, obviously. So I'm just going to go for the Honduran national team. Oh, no. FC Dallas. Of course it was. Which you should be knowing. Really? <laughs> anyway, there's still plenty of right, bonus point galore today. Don't you worry. So, Ramon Nunes scored three goals for the Iron. If you can tell me two, I'll give you the point. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Coventry. Yeah, correct. And Colchester. No, you've got one more opportunity. Okay, that's rubbish. Leicester. Uh -uh. I can't. To be honest, Andy, I'm surprised. The the one you haven't mentioned. This is the famous one. Yeah, it's it's Crystal Palace. Yeah, one more. Oh, and one more. Um, yeah. Was it Portsmouth? It was Portsmouth. Wow. Now, Max. Matt's got a card. Right. So, for a bonus point, this is very hard, but it was also the nickname I called him, unknowing <sighs> it was his actual. So, I want you to tell me Ramon Nunes' nickname back in Honduras or what it translates to here. Think of his stature. Oh. What's the name of that um, geographic phenomenon? El... You are way off. Oh, am I? Yeah. <laughs> what is the name of that, by the way, Max? El, El Nino. Yeah, El Nino. Nino. That's what I was going for. El oh, Nino. You're not that far off. Is that your last answer? No. Yeah, El Nino, that's all I can it's think. El Principito, which is the little prince. <laughs> of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? 
<laughs> you got the worst card. That is the worst one. But you picked it, so it was only you to blame. Yeah, okay. I'd have, I'd have got the, I'd have got the middle one. I wouldn't have got. Oh, yeah, well I've just, I've just realised. I've just realised how funny it is that Max has got this card, and you can see. Okay. I'm not... Okay. Your player. But hang on, hang on, right. if, if this is a card on Jonathan Thor, we, we riot. You've got it Jonathan Thor, right? <laughs> so right, it's, it's, go on. Just give me the questions. Just put me out my screen. Which team purchased Jonathan Forte from Scunthorpe in 2011? So, oh, I know Southampton. this. Bollocks. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was when Nigel Atkins, and I believe it was in the January transfer window. It was. Cool. Come on, we're on the clock here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then which team? Which team did he score the most goals at? So, what his career goals? He had lots of clubs, but this is just in one spell. So, in one spell. Uh, which team scored the most goals at in his career? Uh, I suspect it's Knox County. Wrong. Oh, he was there for a while. Um, well, he had a lot of spells at Knox County, but not in one period did he score it's... more than he did at Oldham. Oldham. Oh. Oh. 1860. Right, so bonus point. Yeah, I'll give you a point if you can tell me what his job is now. Um. Oh. Is it like can you, you get Barra a clue? Can I have a clue? He's a painter. <laughs> He's an artist because that's what he was. Ah, uh, God. Um, he's not gone. He's not let himself go. Ah. Oh. Okay. So my actual, I've got a dreadful joke, but my actual guess, therefore, is personal trainer. Personal trainer, yeah. <laughs> Mark, I've basically you told not, you the answer. Had you not given me a clue, I would have gone, is he now like a banjo player because he previously couldn't hit a barn door with one? Oh, boo. Barry, kick him. <laughs> it's positive week. <laughs> but yeah. 2-0. That Gary, was 2-0. <laughs> the Gary Hooper one. Do you know why he's been signed this week? Why? Yeah. Yes. Is available? Well, I, no. well I, know, I do know what the link is. No, the Barnet manager used to play with Hooper in a Grey's Athletic back in the day. Yeah, and he'd Good seen one, him man. playing Masters football for Celtic last week. Fucking race, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, what what were the Hooper what were the Hooper questions? Come on, let me embarrass Pike. No, because I'm really tight for time, guys. I don't think you understand this. Uh, Quickly rattle through them. Go on. Uh, right, so he got signed because he was playing Masters football and still what like he could do a bit. So he's ended up at Barnet. So Gary Hooper. Is one of the few ex-Scunny to play in the Champions League. But last week, which former Iron player made his Champions League debut? Oh, that's I know. a great question. I think. Is it your man Murphy at Newcastle? It is your man Murphy. Jacob Murphy, yeah. Good answer. Still no Thank point. Or, or this week, just to be relevant. That, that is not a question of Bam Gary that's, that's a question of Jacob Murphy. I, I can, I'm, just, I'm going to get nil point. <laughs> yeah, fairs. Um, and same again. What? Where did he score the most goals in his career? Oh, what Jacob Murphy or Gary? Cooper? No, big gas. Where did we get Murphy? Oh, from? It's, it's got to be Celtic. It's got to be Celtic. Yeah, yeah. Celtic. Oh, big gas. Sorry, big gas. He scored forty-three in ninety-five at Celtic, and the bonus point was 
He played at Ammonia in Cyprus under which manager? Leach. Oh, come on, Max. That was funny. Um, um, <laughs> Well-known manager. No. Alan's... Yeah, it's, it's, is it Alan Pardew? Nope. Oh, it, it's somebody daft like that. Mick McCarthy? Neil Lennon. Oh, oh well, that of course, that makes sense. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He said ammonia and I said bleach. You know. Yeah, trying to bring it back. It's it's not going to work. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We're trying to right. climb down, apparently, so go on. Yeah, well, we're, we're winding up. I just need to mention the charity football match. I'm just bringing my calendar up here, which oh, is taking place on Sunday, the 22nd of October. I believe it's a 2pm kickoff at Classic Pitch. Is that what it's called? Classic Pitch. Sounds like and you haven't got a stadium. Um, the the Curtin Lindsay over 30s and all four of us pod lads will be taking them on and ah, listen I fancy our chances oh have you, have you been signing some players no well yes that, yes maybe one or two but the rule is they have to listen yeah, to the pod like yeah they have yeah. to listen to the pod so we haven't so got the weapon well no my missus is in net <laughs> and how can people donate Andy Yes. Yeah. Um, thanks for putting me on the spot there, buddy. So there's a Just Giving page, which we will be tweeting this evening and again tomorrow. And the funds go to SANS, which is Stillbirth and Neonatal Death Society. Um, as we said last week, fantastic charity. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're raising money for. Really good. And before we finish, guys, just want to say one more time, a big thank you to the Iron Trust, um, the Scunthorpe United fans who've helped us, and once again to the Iron Brew for kind of like teaming up with us this week and, and um, being part of the journey with us, taking us on the journey with them. Um, just from from us here at the Iron Hour podcast, we just want to say a massive thank you to them. And as we finish with a little bit of positivity, looking ahead for the future under the new ownership, we just want to say, up the iron. Up the iron. See you at the match. <laughs>